have you seen lynx in the wild out and about? Well, I've seen several times because it's part of my work, right? So, I mean, we color them, we capture them, and if you have lynx colored, you know where it is, so you, you can see them. But if I don't take into account all of these colored animals, and let's say all the cups we found because we had mother colored and so on, uh, I only saw lynx once really? yeah, crossing the road. So it's, yeah, they're just, you know, ghosts in the forest. And that must have been a special moment. Though. Yeah. This is the voice of Miha Krofel, a large carnivore researcher and assistant professor at Ljubljana University. He's been involved in monitoring Eurasian lynx for almost 20 years. He's trapped lynx, collared lynx, and released lynx back into the wild. He works in the capital, but commutes from his home 30 minutes away, so he can be present in the same landscape as wolves, bears, and you guessed it, lynx. And in all this time, he's come across this elusive animal by chance, just once. So one might think that I, James Shooter, a man with a microphone, here for just a few days might have had no chance at all of seeing a lynx. Well, well, no, you'd have been right. Not a sniff. But I have walked the trails that lynx have wandered, and could wander again the very next day. And that alone is pretty exciting. It is for me, at least. So how do you go about saving the ghost of the forest? How do you even start to help an animal that does not wish to be seen? A transboundary initiative has been pulling together expertise from across the continent to bring a population back from the brink. I'm James Shooter, host of the Rewild podcast, and this is Life Links. It's early winter and our recent journeying has taken us south through the spectacular mountains of Austria. The views are breathtaking and don't stop at the Austrian border. Slovenia is where thick forest blankets the land in every direction. Waterfalls cascade down the hillsides and mirror-calm lakes reflect snow-capped peaks, bringing a two-for-one deal on the scenery. I'm in the area to meet with lynx expert Miha and his four-year-old daughter Hannah to find out more about this enigmatic animal. What Miha doesn't know about lynx isn't worth knowing. And not to sound jealous of a four-year-old, but apparently Hannah has stroked a sedated lynx. Not a bad bring-your-daughter-to-work day. We walk up to a viewpoint close to their home. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, Just forest as far as the eye can see, isn't it? Yeah, it's a a nice chunk of Slovenia here. Yeah. A good thing about this generic mountains, the southern part, is really not suitable for agriculture because it's just... You know, just limestone, just karst terrain everywhere, so you can't really do any agriculture. And uh, so that there's not much nature destruction. And good thing is also that uh, all the villages here are really compact, you know, they're all kind of a, together, not all like together. scatter houses, yeah. like in, in most of Europe, also like northern part of Slovenia, yeah. having like scatters, we have just sort of fragmented forests. But here villages, they're all kind of a compact and uh, when you have big chunks of forest in between, which is wow. really good for wildlife. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Miha tells me that a single pair of lynx inhabit the forest we're looking down upon. It's an exhilarating thought to have these incredible animals walking silently somewhere amongst the trees beneath us. One thing that is instantly obvious looking across the vastness of this landscape is that lynx need scale. I mean, the average for our lynx is 200 square kilometers. Wow. Uh, a bit more for males, a bit less for females. They have to ensure that you know their predation is sustainable long term, 
and this they do in one way having large home ranges, you know, so they get enough food, which means like roughly 60, 70 animals, 60, 70 deer per year yeah. uh, on a, you know, big area enough that it doesn't have too much pressure to, yeah. to start prey decline. And then the other adaptation is to be very territorial, which means that, you know, they defend their territories. So they basically, this male here is the only male living here. He wouldn't allow any other male to come here. Uh, he will tolerate the female and then female will the same. She'll tolerate the male, but she will not tolerate other females. Okay. So this is a system that ensures that, you know, it's only basically a pair of links living in the area. Yeah. And then there's not, not too much pressure. With their secretive nature and historic declines, Eurasian lynx are perhaps not the first species that springs to mind when the general public think about large predators in Europe. Wolves often grab the headlines when the media wants to talk about rewilding. Bears would probably come a close second, but lynx? Well, they probably slip under the radar for most. My closest experience has been with the lynx's cousin. A brilliant and explosive encounter with a bobcat trying to hunt ducks in the wilds of a Yellowstone winter. But we're not here to talk about bobcats, I suppose. I was just trying to sound as cool as Miha for a moment. So Eurasian Link is the largest phthalate in Europe uh, ever since leopard got extinct here. Um, it's interesting species because it's kind of a unique among the lynx genus because all the other lynx species are much smaller and they're all adapted to hunting uh, rabbits, hares and smaller prey. So there's the only lynx that actually stayed large during the evolution, didn't, didn't uh, decrease in size. So while Systematically or phylogenetically, it's more linked to the smaller cats, uh, like the other lynx species. But ecologically and behaviorally, it's actually behave very similar to big cats, let's say to puma or cheetah or leopard and so on. Uh, basically, in that, that it's specialized in hunting large prey, so it means prey same size or larger than itself. Uh, and this has a lot of uh, consequences for their general behavior and, and in ecology. Um, so when you think about the cougar or, or leopard, uh, yeah, this is basically lynx just in European landscape. Out of the four living species of lynx worldwide, two are found in North America, the Canada lynx and my friend the bobcat. In Europe, we have Iberian lynx found in Portugal and Spain and Eurasian found from Western Europe to Central Asia. Males of Eurasian lynx can be up to 30 kilos more than double that of the Iberian lynx. That certainly explains why one prefers rabbits and the other prefers deer. If you want a comparison a bit closer to home, Eurasian lynx are roughly the size of a Labrador retriever. Generally people will say that lynx live in the forests, but this is true for a large part of Europe, but not for entire range. So when, once you go, let's say, east or you go south, southeast like Turkey or let's say then further east, Mongolia and so on, they can also live outside the forest. Um, and now even in Central Europe, for, for example, here, here in the Alps, we have now some individuals that basically live above tree line already, high in the mountains. Oh, wow. So it's not really specialized in a way, but the main factor influencing lynx habitat use, in, especially in Europe, is avoidance of people because they're quite sensitive. Uh, and because uh, forest is the best place to hide from people, this kind of a yeah, increased use of forest is even more pronounced here than probably it would be otherwise. But generally, it's a generalist and can live in you know, all sorts of habitats. Across its entire range, the Eurasian lynx is considered least concerned by the IUCN. That's the International Union for Conservation of Nature, largely due to the stable Russian population of around 9,000 individuals propping it up. However, the further west you go, the subpopulations become smaller and increasingly isolated. So much so that the species is considered near-threatened at the EU level, 
and endangered in the Dineric population, which is the mountain range we're in now, stretching south from Slovenia into Croatia, Bosnia, Montenegro and Albania. Link's home range is, in our, our landscape, is roughly 200 square kilometers. It's typically a bit bigger with males than with females, uh, but it can range a lot, like if you go to other parts of the species range. So in the north it can be over 1,000 square kilometers. In some parts, like in the south, in Turkey, it can be just a few tens of square kilometers. And it's mainly dictated by the prey. So more prey, it means it can, the home range can be smaller, but if it's very few prey, they need to have large home ranges so they don't overhunt basically their prey base. In high mountain areas, chamois are often hunted. In the far north, reindeer come onto the menu, and seeker deer are taken in Northeast Asia. Red deer are hunted across the range, but mostly calves, and even the odd elk or boar are taken, but again, focusing on the youngest individuals. However, by far the most popular prey choice across the continent is the roe, a medium-sized deer overpowered with relative ease and whose meat can be fed upon for four or five days. Roe tend to be faster and have more stamina than their hunters, with only one in four or five hunts being successful. Lynx, therefore, need to ambush their athletic prey and improve the odds by using stealth. As a top predator, lynx have an incredibly important role in the ecosystem. They help regulate the number of grazers and browsers in their territory, thereby limiting their effects on the vegetation. Equally, they change the behaviour of their prey. Deer on alert spend more time with their heads looking up than relaxed deer happily munching away, further reducing the amount of herbivory. Overall, they also keep prey populations healthier by often selecting individuals in poorer condition as these are the easier ones to catch. And then the other role they have is through predation of the mesocarnivores, uh, especially fox. Uh, seems to be, yeah, in some, some study areas, doing some studies showing that uh, they can actually uh, decrease the, the abundance of fox in long time uh, and probably other small carnivores like martens and uh, some other species. We'll see what will happen actually with jackals, which is another species spreading. Uh, so here we don't know so much about this interaction. Um, and then another important role that lynx have is by providing food for the scavengers. Uh, we've done quite some studies also here and we see that there are many species coming to their prey remains. Uh, like for example, for bears, they're quite important because one out of three lynx kills are visited by the brown bear. Well. Uh, so they benefit and uh, we're just now studying the importance of lynx for the golden eagle in the Alps. There are around a thousand bears in Slovenia and they kleptoparasitize lynx. This basically means feeding by theft. If you're big enough and bolshy enough, why would you waste precious energy on hunting something yourself? It's much easier to let something else do the hard work than take the rewards with minimal effort. Sounds like a good strategy to me. In fact, my wife and kids would probably describe me as a kleptoparasite. Fascinatingly, because this happens so often in Slovenia, the Life Links team estimates about a 20% higher predation rate of roe by lynx to replace the loss of carcasses to bears. Lynx uh, was widespread here in the past, but then because of the hunting pressure and loss of prey species and also deforestation, um, lynx got exterminated in the beginning of the 20th century and then was absent for several decades until 1973 when the reintroduction, reintroduction project started and six animals were reintroduced from what used to be Czechoslovakia. Uh, in the beginning, this population uh, showed really fast growth, actually was spreading fast, also colonized neighboring countries. And, and this, hap this uh, was happening until roughly 1990s, 
when population first started stagnating and then after 2000 there was quite sharp decline um, and even though links got completely protected in the meantime population was still declining and it's what shown afterwards it was mainly because of the inbreeding uh, because the whole population originated from these six individuals yeah. uh, and now yeah, until recently we had big problems with small litter sizes uh, very low survival with, for example skeletal deformations uh, heart failure were a big, big problem, many animals died because of that. Uh, so this is why LifeLinks project was started um, in 2017, uh, which the main target was to kind of reduce these inbreeding effects. Uh, so we translocated 18 links from the Carpathian population, and you already saw now that actually that uh, many of these population parameters improved, like litter sizes are bigger, survival is much better. Um, and uh, yeah, population is, is increasing now again. Whilst historic pressures may have reduced, modern day challenges persist. As secretive animals, lynx are quite sensitive to human infrastructure, particularly roads. Through the tips of the trees in the distance, we can just about see lines of lorries passing on the main highway to the capital city. Whilst green bridges do exist in Slovenia, this route was built in the 70s and there was no requirement at the time to include them during the construction. As a result, links don't willingly pass. It creates a hard border to the local pair's territory, and dispersing animals tend to bounce back in the opposite direction. Thankfully, not all roads are equal. Gravel tracks in the woods are often favoured. They offer an easier commute than traipsing through trees, and they're only infrequently used by hunters and foresters. Yeah, we call them kind of a links Facebook, because they really start... <laughs> Sand marking a lot when they come to the to these kind of roads. Uh, so yeah, it all depends on the uh, how they construct it, what is the traffic volume, and so on. And also settlements, if it's you know just few houses, they don't mind. They sometimes they would come and even sand mark uh, a cabin in the forest. Wow. Uh, but yeah, if it's a, if it's a big town, they they would, they would avoid it. That makes sense. And do they pose a threat to livestock farmers? Uh, they can, uh, but the damages are very low especially when we compare them, let's say, with wolves or, or, or bears. For example, in Slovenia, we have several thousands of livestock killed every year by large carnivores. And usually it's one or even less than one on average by the lynx. Wow. So, so hardly anything. Yeah. But again, you know, it's also true that in our landscape, most of the livestock is protected because of the wolves and the, and the bears. But if you have, you know, completely unprotected sheep, it's not possible that some links would, would go for them. For them, like in Norway, Norway doesn't have any protection uh, and then the ship is actually important food source for the links as well. Yeah. Uh, so they can cause trouble, yeah, but they are much easier to protect uh, from the links compared to most other carnivores. And just out of interest, how, how do you do that? How do you protect um, against links? Yeah, I mean, tradition here has always been like uh, livestock guarding dogs having human, like a, uh, like a shepherd. Uh, in modern ways, the most effective one is electric fence. I feel like I've learned a huge amount about these mysterious cats from one of Europe's most prominent experts. It's time to head off the hill now, join the highway we were looking down on, and head into unknown territory, the city. Never mind a link struggling to navigate human infrastructure. How does a James do it? Eventually, I find my way up to the offices of the Slovenian Forest Service on the western edge of Ljubljana, relatively on time and relatively unscathed. Rock greets me in the foyer and we wind up the stairs to his office on the third floor. As we push through the door, I'm in no doubt they're in the right place for the LifeLinks project coordinator. 
Almost every square inch of the walls are adorned with photographs of Lynx, illustrations of Lynx, Lynx graphics, Lynx books. I even spy a copy of The Lynx and Us, a book written by a friend of mine, David Hetherington, which we produced at the charity I used to work for, Scotland the Big Picture. From Scotland to Slovenia, Lynx obviously ignite the imagination. As Rock starts to find me lots of glossy leaflets and booklets to take home, Something special catches my eye on one of his shelves. Ah, oh, right, I see. But it's all on the internet, though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm most interested in this. That is very cool. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of liquor is that? Where is that? Is that from Slovenian? No, that's uh, from Hart. From Hart. From Germany. Ah, okay, amazing. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to find some of that. That's amazing. Yeah. So they, cool. They send it to me. Yeah. This suspiciously yellow liquor is Der Lux, and the label on its bottle is home to a lovely drawing of a lynx. I'm pretty sure if we cracked it open, some of the illustrations on the wall might start coming to life. Anyway, back to rock. I'm working at Slovenia Forest Service for 15 years. Um, I already started on the wildlife uh, department. First I was involved in wolf, uh, then in some bear work. And then actually we were observing the links and the problems uh, all the time. And we started to develop a strategic document uh, for Slovenia together with the ministry, university, hunters association. Um, and then uh, when we were creating the, the strategic document in parallel, practically, we also started to write the LifeLinks project. So bears, wolves, and lynx, all the cool stuff. Uh, the cool stuff, I'm not so sure. All the difficult stuff, all I would difficult. say. <laughs> yeah, yeah you like a challenge, basically. The Slovenian Forest Service is a public institution who help forest owners manage their trees. Every trunk thicker than 10 centimetres, which is due to be cut down, must go through them. They make strategic plans for all public and private forests, and also the hunting management plans for the country the most important of which are for the ungulates. We are setting the quotas and all other uh, measures uh, for these animals. Uh, and then in addition to this, uh, we work something for the protected species, especially bear, wolf and uh, lynx. We work, uh, we, we are preparing the, um, uh, the proposals for a removal. It can be some quotas for the bear or some conflict individuals for bear and uh, wolves. And uh, we are also doing the monitoring, national monitoring. And then we uh, evaluate damages uh, done by the protected uh, species, by all of them. Uh, so yeah, we are quite actively involved also in uh, large carnivores. and. Uh, Basically, uh, we try to maintain balance between uh, human and uh, the populations so it will be acceptable in long term. So on one hand, we propose removal of animals such as uh, bear and uh, wolves. And on the other hand, we saw that uh, lynx is critically endangered. We just have had 20 animals left uh, and then we start pushing that we need to do something. Uh, with reinforcement of the population. The LifeLinks initiative aims to rescue the small and increasingly inbred Dineric population, whilst creating a stepping stone group in the north 
that would link to the Italian Alps. This will boost the at-risk Slovenian lynx and help them to mix with cats further afield, ensuring a healthier gene flow into the next generations. Unlike the Iberian lynx, which had to be saved by an intensive captive breeding programme, the Eurasian lynx still has strong populations in the east, which can be trapped and moved around to help bolster groups elsewhere. Um, in our case, uh, we are lucky that in Carpathians we still have a, a healthy population. Uh, and in my opinion, it is the best that we use such a population because uh, with taking a few animals uh, per year out of a population of a few thousand, you don't uh, harm the population. And on the other hand, uh, we transferred also a lot of uh, knowledge to, uh, to especially to uh, Romania. Uh, for example, people were not used to works, work with uh, lynx there and we uh, taught them how to capture the lynx and we together developed some monitoring methods which are suitable for this area and we ensured some sources uh, for monitoring in Slovakia and uh, Romania. So in my belief, uh, those countries benefited from uh, being involved with the, in the project and of course uh, we needed uh, those animals. Lynx were exterminated from the area by the beginning of the 20th century. It was a movement driven by the state. The policy here a hundred years ago was to remove basically everything that caused issues. That meant wolves, lynx and ungulates like boar and deer were steadily wiped out. But in 1973, the lynx was offered a helping hand. Not by politicians, but perhaps an unlikely saviour. The hunters. A group of progressive hunters and foresters banded together and managed to bring the six lynx Miha was telling me about back to the forests where they hadn't stalked for decades. And at first, they did well. So those lynx uh, created a very nice population, spreading to Croatia, Bosnia, even north uh, till uh, Italy and uh, Austria. And it uh, worked uh, very well for about 30 years. Uh, population was spreading, we had enough animals. They were also hunted because the hunters brought it back to bring back uh, species which belong to our forest, but to also to bring back a trophy animal. But then, uh, about 20-25 years ago, we started to observe the decline, so also the hunting uh, stopped. Actually, for Slovenia, it's interesting, uh, the first one who saw the decline of wolf, for example, were the hunters, and they protected the wolf before the state uh, did that. Wow. Uh, so, uh, also for the lynx, uh, they were not hunting anymore, but also the state didn't make the plants anymore. Uh, and uh, it was not clear back then what was going on, actually. Something is wrong. Is it with the prey? Is it with the habitat? Is it with the illegal killing? Uh, is it inbreeding? So uh, the conclusion was that inbreeding was the key threat. So the geneticists uh, uh, calculated the inbreeding coefficient and they were uh, uh, so inbred uh, more than uh, brother and sister, brother and brother with the uh, human. So between brother and brother and mating with yourself. Like this was really, really high inbreeding uh, level. And that, of course, caused um, health issues. I am sure that for some, it would be hard to imagine a situation where those that hunt an animal are also those that save it. 
But hunters here are fiercely proud of their natural heritage and are so well connected to their local ground that to ignore their involvement would be a massive misjudgment. Now, I can't imagine myself ever wanting to shoot a lynx, but I also wouldn't have the knowledge on how to save it, how to track it, how to think like a lynx. The hunters were the pioneers who reignited the lynx in the 70s, and their ongoing involvement is crucial to the overall success of this vital mission. So we are working together for a long time, uh, not seeing a chance that it would be any other way, because they really, also for the field work, they know uh, the field, and when we are doing the monitoring, the hunters are... Uh, great. We also go. We go together to set the cameras because they know where they. Somebody saw links. They follow the links tracks uh, in the snow or something like this. So their knowledge is uh, very valuable for us. And our hunters have uh, local hunting clubs, and they know uh, the local uh, society very well. So they were included for uh, releasing uh, the animals and they actually released the animals and communicated things within their uh, local society. Uh, We, like from the capital, cannot do that. Uh, They can uh, do it. And these are things without which this project wouldn't work. To reinforce an at-risk population of animals, you need a source. And the consensus for this part of Europe is that the Carpathians offer the closest, healthy population of lynx. They were never wiped out, and with expansive habitat and low human density, they remain in good nick to this day. And I think that this, uh, in the whole western part, the politics uh, was uh, going the direction of exterminating everything what is not completely, I would say everything what potentially bothers us. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, if uh, uh, lynx uh, can eat a sheep, it must be removed. And uh, if we have uh, red deer which eat the grass on our grasslands, we need to remove them. And if the wild boar is doing some damage too, uh, it's clear that these animals uh, cause or cause uh, trouble to uh, farming, but I believe with our knowledge uh, we can do something uh, to coexist. And also my personal belief is uh, humans have to find ways to coexist uh, with uh, wild animals. We don't have the right to remove any of them. We need to coexist. Coexist. Perhaps the most important trait for humans to relearn. We're not the only beings on this planet. We shouldn't separate ourselves entirely from nature. We should intertwine. Those hunters that push for the lynx to come back are in that world of coexistence. They take a little, but give a lot. 50 years on from the initial reintroduction, people still play a big part in the make or break of this cat's comeback. Whilst it's vitally important to know how many animals you can take from source, it's also imperative to know how many you can bring in at the receiving end. Too few, and you risk not escaping your inbreeding issue. Too many, and the public opinion may turn against you. Thankfully, in modern-day Slovenia, surveys at the beginning of the project showed there was overwhelming support from the public for the lynx's return. Regarding lynx in Slovenia, there was practically no opposition. Uh, because lynx in Slovenia the, practically doesn't do damages. We have about one damage case uh, per year really? uh, in Slovenia uh, on sheep. So 
blinks is not the real issue for the farmers and our hunters uh, like in general the presence of lynx so it was no uh, question about that but nonetheless there are few few hunters who don't like the lynx so much and there are few farmers who don't like the lynx so much so from our perception uh, our strategy was that we need to inform them and involve them and explain what we are doing. So some of them are involved in actually our project and working together, but no, no you cannot involve 22,000 hunters. So for, uh, for everybody, we prepared articles uh, in the hunting magazine, uh, what we are doing. We had local consultative groups for local inhabitants for wherever we released the links. We created a local consultative group where everybody could join. And we were informing them like uh, approximately monthly what we are doing and met once or twice per year to present our work, to answer the questions and concerns and uh, uh, try to address them. The evidence from the Carpathians, and particularly in Romania, was that when an animal was taken, it was replaced very quickly by another individual moving in. This would suggest a healthy, interconnected population in that region. Even so, the team would only trap and remove a single lynx from an area before moving on and identifying a new location to capture the next, thus ensuring a good variety of genes were collected along the way. So for capturing lynx, you have to know uh, how he moves uh, very well. Uh, you have to find his paths uh, where he walks. And uh, so for this first year, in, uh, we installed some monitoring. So we set out uh, camera traps, so where the lynx are, and then where the uh, lynx were regularly moving uh, or having uh, marking uh, spots. Uh, we set then the box traps on the best uh, such uh, locations. And when you set a box check, you have to be ready 24 hours because when it uh, triggers, uh, you have to go there immediately. Once the court links are tranquilized, the race is on to carry out health checks, administer a rabies vaccination and transport the animal to a holding facility. The cat is then taken to their release enclosure in Slovenia, where they're held for some time. This gives them a chance to get used to their new surroundings and improves the probability of them sticking around that area once they're released. This approach is known as soft release. To bolster a population or create a new one, like the alpine stepping stone, it's important to release a pair together so that they get used to one another and have a better chance of mating. Basically, it's a bespoke dating service. Find an eligible bachelor and one or maybe two bachelorettes, send them for a few nights away to let them get to know each other and then release them into their new home, preferably under a beautiful moonlit sky with Barry White playing in the background. When we released a female in the Dinarix, we released it uh, where uh, we haven't recorded females in close vicinity uh, of that. And also the males uh, were released uh, in the area where there were other animals present. It wouldn't make sense to release it uh, outside. So at the beginning, we decided that uh, we, we have uh, four release enclosures, two in Gorenska region and two in Dinarik. And based on the availability, based on monitoring of the population and based on the sex, we decided in which enclosure uh, this animal uh, will go and be released from there. After years of consulting, engagement, monitoring and releasing, 
What is the end result for the Daenerys links? So we managed uh, to translocate uh, 18 uh, individuals. Uh, we already included into population 12. Some of them were released this year, so we cannot perceive them included into population. We already recorded 18 reproductions of the uh, translocated animals, also the, the area in the Alps. We have regular reproduction, first year one, the next year three. For this year, we already recorded two. So in long term, I hope that the uh, connection with other population will happen and uh, natural exchange of genes will happen and the project life, like life links, won't be needed anymore. So the key thing now is that connectivity between existing populations. So the, the expanding reproductive kittens and stuff, making new territories and, and spreading out into other populations. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in Slovenia, we have space for about 100 adult individuals. So we need to be connected with the neighboring countries and neighboring populations. I'm fascinated by the ecological impact of apex predators, but I'm equally intrigued by the human element. There's so many people working on an initiative like this. I'm particularly keen to hear more on the close working relationship with hunters. I leave Rock and head back out the city. I've arranged to meet Yunye and Chasha, a husband and wife team who are passionate local hunters. They've been long-term collaborators in the LifeLinks program, and they've agreed to take me into the forest to check camera traps. Whilst they might have turned up dressed in camouflage, the vehicle is a bit harder to miss. A mint green, Austrian-made 4x4 from the 1980s. It's retro, loud, and I love it. Thank you. Ugh. Oh, I like this vehicle. This is a cool. Yeah, so, so to, to uh, we have. Yasha is my wife, yeah, and we yeah. have we are running a small uh, tourist agency. Oh yeah, all right, okay. And we are uh, we are doing bear watching tours, oh. yeah. Oh, amazing! Like yeah. this. Oh, yeah, this is our yeah. leaflet. Yeah. Oh, very so cool. <laughs> okay. We use this car for uh, this. free, and our um, colleague, yeah, Erwin. Oh, free brilliant. We are doing this bear watching and uh, forest hiking during the, 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 the mostly summer, yeah. As Tiasha winds and weaves through the deserted forest roads, Yunye excitedly rummages for his phone to show me something. Stored amongst his pictures are some of his prized captures from one of their trail cameras. He scrolls past a badger, some red deer, even a couple of wolves, to the creme de la creme of woodland wanderers, a lynx. But we already know it is Blisk, yeah, the one that is... You know which, uh, yeah. which links that is? Yeah, yeah. So they, they recognize it by the pattern of the dots, yeah? Oh, they're all different, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's oh. like a fingerprint, yeah, that's right. good. Right, yeah, yeah. Wow, so, that's so yeah, cool. I already know it's uh, Blisk, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Hunters like Yunye and Chiasha know these forests intimately. It's why they've been so integral to the Life Links project. They, of course, have their own experiences with wildlife amongst the dense forest here, but they're also part of a network of hunters that live and breathe it too. It's their knowledge of the landscape and experience tracking animals that is so invaluable to projects like this. A paw print seen over here, a roadkill found over there. It means they'll know exactly where the best places are to install camera traps. As hunters, it's in their interest to know how the local wildlife is doing. They're often the first to realise when a particular species is showing signs of decline. For instance, when they noticed the roe deer population taking a plunge, they took it upon themselves to leave them be. If roe deer numbers are 
remain low, will the will the lynx switch prey to smaller red deer or things like that, or will they still go after the roe deer? Well, yeah, it has. Uh, so yeah, okay. They, they say yeah. So the scientists not we yeah. what we see. So they say the the lynx can go for the small yeah the baby red deer yeah? yes and uh, the other quite often for the lynx here is uh, you know dormouse oh yeah yeah Do- dormouse yeah so dormouse yeah okay. they're, they're yeah they're they're living all over the europe yeah yeah but uh, they are usually living in the in the trees yeah in the forest yeah. in the trees yeah except here when, when it's the limestone area we have a, li- a lot of um, holes in the ground you know li- uh, little caves yeah, little yeah. shelters yeah they live on the floor yeah yeah and it's easier for lynx to catch them yeah okay right yeah. wow and we have a lot of them because the main trees here are beech tree ah uh, okay right so and dormouse the main food for the dormouse yeah, yeah. wow God, I wouldn't have thought a lynx would go for a dormouse. <laughs> We're, uh, so seven years ago, it was five years ago, when they asked us for to cooperate with the Forest Service, you know, to, 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 to carry for the camera taps, yeah? We, we just think, yeah, we, we, do, we, we put the camera tap and we go every two months to check the what it record yeah? yeah but the biggest no it was not the biggest job was to find where to put the camera yeah 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 if you went on forest trails and yeah oh, you can check straight on your phone yeah it's yeah. easier oh, if oh. you have some yeah yeah definitely i didn't know that was even a thing yeah, <laughs> yeah we checked this camera a few few days ago yeah yeah, yeah. So the right. amount of camera traps i've checked back in scotland and and carried the card all the way back home, waited to the computer, ah. but you just do it on your phone. I didn't even know that yeah. existed. So some of them, they can send you a picture. Ah, uh, the straight so, away. Yeah. Right, yeah. I see, I see. Uh, but this camera, this... this but even just to check the, cam- the card in the field like that is uh, a lot easier. Yeah, than... easier and faster. Yes. Yeah. So it's also really important not to, to spend a lot of time here. Yeah. If you know the lynx and other animals yes, are here. True, so true. just come check and... Yeah. And go. Ah, motorbiker. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm just talking about it. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, yeah. Uh, yesterday. First thing that comes up. Yeah. And then, uh, no, Ooh. that's a road here. Yeah. Uh, road here. It's really five days. Yeah. yeah. It was. Oh, badger. Badger. <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah. So badger and the. Uh, badger and deer. Yeah. yeah. Okay, these few days. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, we 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 had links yeah, here. Yeah. 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 This year, yeah, twice. It's so amazing, yeah. I think yeah. This location we find out uh, after the winter. We saw the footprints. Mm. So we then we decide to put camera here. No links this time, but that's not surprising. Having seen the size of a territory from up high in the hills with Miha, it's amazing to capture any activity at all. I can't imagine the excitement, though, of first seeing one of these cats on the camera, wandering along the very trail you're stood on. I'd probably cry a little if I ever saw one in the flesh. This husband and wife team are obviously passionate about lynx. You can hear the excitement in their voices as they talk to me about them. I'm interested about the hunting community here, how it works, why they do it, and their feeling of responsibility to a feline hardly any of them will have seen. There are 400... Uh, hunting grounds, yeah. So Slovenia is divided. So it's split up into 400. Split into 400, yeah. Uh, and we have uh, 400 hunting clubs, yeah. Oh, wow. 
with uh, anyone citizen of Slovenia can join yeah okay and uh, make the exams yeah to be a hunter and it costs us 105 150 euro a year a year mm. and we hunt for free yeah except uh, out of this uh, Slovenia has 10 bigger areas which are uh, managed by the forest service okay like Rockcherne is from the forest service yeah, yeah. There are special meaning, yeah, some special areas, yeah. Uh, and you have to stick to your own hunting area. You yeah. can't, yeah. you can't go for a weekend somewhere else. No, we, if we, no, we are, we are often invited by other hunters, okay. yeah. But it's uh, this forest. We, we have five thousand hectares. Four or five thousand hectares is an average area yeah, okay. that we hunt. And you can also join two clubs, yeah. Okay. Ah, right, okay. And you are invited with by the others, yeah. yeah. But 10, 10 out of these are bigger and they are managed by the Forest Service. Uh, and our areas where we hunt, also the, the, the Forest Service is uh, managed by Forest Service, not by us. The main quarry for the hunters here are the ungulates, so red deer, roe deer and wild boar. The Slovenian Forest Service sets quotas for them all. Some foxes, badgers and wildfowl are also shot in some hunting concessions. Bear hunting still takes place. It's usually for a trophy by visiting hunters from outside of Slovenia. Jernje tells me it's not well supported by the general public, and it's great to see them making a real venture from bear watching tourism instead. Their bear hides are fully booked in the summer months. That's got to be a clear signal to the value of these awe-inspiring animals. The last lynx that was legally shot was in the 80s, but they're now very much protected. It's about, uh, also, I remember your questions, it's about how, how the, the hunters feel about uh, lynx, yeah? Yeah, yeah they, are, uh, they are, it's 60 of us, yeah? So we, we, we have a different opinion, eh? it's not okay. always the same. So we, we are more active, you know, with uh, also running this tourist agency, we must be, you know, informed about everything and we, uh -huh. So we follow Forest Service, yes, and the uh, University of Ljubljana what they think, what they say, you know. But the, the sun hunters, you know, they, they see a lynx like a competition, you know. Yes, I was wondering that, yeah. Yeah, and it's, yeah, why? It's uh, the road deer population, it's, yeah, it's always like up and down. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Now it's like a little bit down. Mm -hmm. And then who is, uh, they, all they think, the, who is guilty? Yeah, to, and now, bring, uh, you're bringing lynx, you know. Yes, yeah. And that is main praise, another, uh, road deer. pressure on the road. Yeah, yeah, and they don't like it, you know. And now it's uh, our, our job and everybody is to, to convince them the difference, yeah. 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 And I imagine that's better probably coming from hunter to hunter than someone maybe in the city saying, you should like lynx. And okay, we are, uh, so, my thinking is we are people, we are guilty, you know. We, we, we make the lynx, almost uh, extinct yeah, from this land. So we owe now to reintroduce it, to care, to, mm. to, to bring it back. Yeah. So it's, it's, your, it's part it's, of your responsibility. Yes, yeah. of course, yeah. bigger than everything uh, here, me as a hunter. Mm. And uh, I, I can say that the, the big part of the hunters, it's uh, agree with me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's our responsibility to bring the links back. Yeah. That's really, really good. Yeah. It's good to hear. When it comes to nature loss, we all need to take responsibility. Recognising our impact on the lands around us and the life that lives there. We can do something about it, or we can do nothing. It's as simple as that. These are hunters taking responsibility and making a difference. They're working together with the academics, researchers, foresters and politicians. 
each bringing with them something different, an alternative viewpoint, an additional skill set. What I'm trying to get at is that humans can become extremely tribal based on our beliefs. I've heard rewilders say that they'd have nothing to do with hunters, and hunters say they'd have nothing to do with rewilders. Yet the LifeLinks project is proof that when people come together, a much bigger difference can be made. Concessions, compromise and finding common ground are vitally important ingredients in the recipe of nature restoration. I must admit a particularly personal interest in the successes and failures of Link's reintroduction here. I'll make it no secret that I'd love to see them returned one day to woodlands back home. They'd fit back in perfectly to the expanding forests of Scotland, stealthily hunting the abundance of deer, glimpsed perhaps by a lucky few, their legend passed on through the whispers of hillwalkers. In the UK, we're likely to be the last corner of Europe not to have any of the continent's apex predators. And we're poorer for it. I'm embarrassed when I have to admit to new friends across Europe that badgers are the biggest predator to walk our lands. I've nothing against badgers, by the way, but I'd love to walk through the woods knowing there's something a wee bit larger out there. Credit to Slovenia and the other progressives willing to live alongside bears, wolves and the ghosts of the forests, despite the challenges they may present. You're sharing this world. I raise my glass to you. If only it had some deluxe in it. Thanks for joining me for episode 11 of the Rewild podcast. I love getting into the detail of a species-specific episode, so I'm sure we'll do more in the future. It was great to spend time with Miha, Rock, Yernye and Chiasha, who each gave me a wonderful insight into the secretive life of the lynx. As always, thanks to Andrew O'Donnell of Beluga Lagoon for the music and Gemma Shooter for producing the artwork. Life Lynx is a member of the European Rewilding Network a collection of groundbreaking initiatives across the continent, brought together by Rewilding Europe as part of a broader rewilding movement. This is an organisation making rewilding happen through positive action on the ground. Do join us next month as we travel into the mountains of Italy to visit the central Apennines. There's crayfish, bears and cheese. What more could you want? Catch you next time.